Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the ABZ Show with me, Abe. Today, I have a very, very special guest, one of my closest friends. I've known him over 20 years, and we've done some crazy stuff together. Please help me welcome Khaled. Khaled, how are you, buddy? Uh, not too bad. And first of all, you don't sound too excited when you're introducing me. And second of all, I, I, I was wondering whether or not you'd want to have me on the show, considering, you know, that the fact that we've known each other for so long and having done those aforementioned crazy things. But it, it's good to be here. Thanks for having so, me. So this is something for my for you and my audience, and I don't want anybody to edit this, is I suck at anything scripted. I suck. Like, I, you can tell that I'm reading. Uh, so I'm very uh, flow, flowing kind of person. So I know we can have that conversation. So let me ask you, and you know what? You can say whatever you want, you know, keep, keep in mind, this is a family show. So uh, this is something that we may want to make sure that we, uh, you know, we don't want to be flagged by anybody or anything. So just let's uh, keep, we'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it PG-13. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I, and I know you just, I know you have, a family with a kid and another one on the way. So we do not, uh, we want your kids to see this one day. So anyway, in all fairness, uh, let me re-ask you the question. So what do you do? And um, let's let's take it from there. What do I do? A lot of things. Uh, uh, so uh, basically I am the general manager of a playgrounds company. We supply outdoor, indoor, uh, playground equipment, recreational equipment. Uh, I also do the radio part-time. I do the morning show on a radio station here. Shout out to all the uh, Bliss 104.3 fans. Uh, and it's pretty much juggling between the two now, currently. Uh, previously, uh, I've done so many things. I mean, I've been DJing at clubs here in Jordan since 10th grade. So, hence uh, the, you know, the background. Hence Yes, and I'd like to assure everyone who's uh, watching is that no good records were hurt in the making of this wall. Good stuff, good stuff. So yeah, so t tell me about, you know, you don't meet a lot of people that have like, like a super, in my opinion, very interesting job, like building playgrounds. That's not something very common, you know, like, uh, tell me more about what people's reaction when you tell them that. I I'm sure people like, like, really, like, or, like, or and tell us more about the business and tell us more about what goes behind making these cool stuff. Well, that's the thing. Uh, and you really hit the nail on the head with that one. A lot of people think, oh, this is awesome. It's so cool. You must have a blast all the time. And uh, realistically, I mean, on the ground, the situation is not always like that. Uh, because so you've got your... Uh, manufacturing you've got your installation your after sales support this is of course other than marketing and going out there and meeting with clients so it is really a range of things uh but for example when it comes to the installation it's a lot of construction a lot of people working at the same time things sometimes don't go as planned uh, sometimes you know a client tells you hey i want playground equipment here and you realize there's a septic tank under the area where you're supposed to build playgrounds. Uh, so it, it, it's not always as fun as uh, people think. It, it's really a lot of sweat and tears sometimes involved with this business. Uh, but the cool thing, I guess, for me, I, I could 
change things. So it, it's a job that allows me, you know, sometimes I'm out there with client meetings. Sometimes I'm in the office sending out emails, banging out proposals. But if I get bored of all of that, I get to go on site and actually do the installation myself. Nice. And that is something that I really like doing. And I do recommend, obviously it depends on the size of the company, but I thoroughly enjoy doing it because when I'm on the ground, a lot of times when I'm doing the installation myself, should anything in the future come up, I know exactly how long each process would take. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like being on the ground does give me a lot of insight on when it comes to the bigger stuff. So your office is not monkey bars and slides, is that? <laughs> no, sad, sadly, it is not. It, it is just a shell of a playground. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool if you know if you had to walk into the office and do the monkey, you know, jump on the monkey uh, bars and then from there slide into your office smoothly and nicely. You know what I mean? I think you are overestimating my fitness level, my friend. It's <laughs> It's been a while since you've seen me. It's It's been a whole pandemic. So uh, I, my, my fitness level just uh, shut down. <laughs> well, good to know. Good to know. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm curious to know about things that you've done, you know, if you've introduced, you know, maybe a new type of um, equipment or type of things and it, you know, people did not react as well as you thought they'd react to, or like if you've introduced a service, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, kids will be kids and, you know, sometimes kids can get creative on playing a certain, <laughs> certain uh, equipment, right? And tell us some of these, things that you've experienced where you're like, oh, I didn't, you're like, oops, what happened there? Moments. Oh, well, there are so many of those stories. Uh, we've had projects here in Jordan where, let's say, it's a tender for 100 schools, uh, 100 public schools across the kingdom. And I remember one of the projects, we finished the installation, we installed everything, uh, submitted it to the client. We're like, hey, look, we finished installing. Here's the invoice for this site. And then I think two days later, they called me up. They were pretty upset. They're like, why did you send us the invoice if you didn't do the work? I'm like, what do you mean we didn't do the work? Like, buddy, here, here are the photos. Like, look, this is all done. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I'm on site and there's nothing here. So, so apparently someone uh, came over and just uh, took the equipment. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how Mind you, these things were installed using concrete foundations. So... Uh, Fun times, fun times. Definitely, yeah. definitely not something you'd, you'd expect ever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And one time I remember we, we were doing a project up in Jarash and, you know, the school's closed, obviously, because we, we were doing work also it was summer. But like all the kids in the neighborhood were super excited that, about the playground equipment. They're like, oh, when do we get to play? When do we get to play? And there was this wall, a, I kid you not, four meters kids started going over the wall dangling themselves slowly and then letting go it what must have been a distance of at least three meters and just falling down my heart just dropped and i'm like we're gonna have a huge problem all of a sudden kids get up start running towards the playground that sounds like a game of thrones the the, the great wall <laughs> so they are they are extremely resilient and uh yeah that day was uh, not the best of days because 
you know, the concrete was still wet and everything, and the kids started climbing all over everything, and nothing was as level as it should be. So uh, I'm curious to find out if, you know, with all these stories, um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of good stories that you guys came up with about changing a community and all of that. But obviously, there's always the bad side where, you know, like you said, you know, some some person decided to re remove, <laughs> reallocate everything to their homes. You know what I mean? So uh, now that you mentioned community, I think the projects that we have completed that I feel lasted the longest and, you know, were extremely were taken care of tended to be in the smaller areas and the smaller villages around the country which you know was surprising to me because you know you'd think that in the city where there are many options for kids uh, it wouldn't necessarily experience the same wear and tear that it would in an area that only has this one playground but it is that sense of community where people really do have that sense of ownership over their public services that you don't you don't necessarily have in the big cities I feel like in the big cities, if a, if a kid can break off a part and go home with it, they will. It's interesting. And it, it, it's, I think also keep in mind, even in smaller things, uh, smaller cities, what happens is uh, that whole community feel. And I think, you know, making these kids, uh, you know, happy and, you know, you hear all the laughter and whatever, honestly, is, is something really good, not only for the community, I, I'm sure it makes you feel good as well. All right, so let's let's drift into your radio uh, experience. And I know I've been on a couple of uh, guests on your radio show, and I I know last time we had a we had an issue. It took you this long to repay the favor, like. <laughs> yes, 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 definitely, and I, and hopefully this one will have more reach. Oh snap! Um, oh. Oh, all right, all right. I see where this is going. Okay. No, but uh, no, no. I, I know you guys. You know, come on in the morning, you and Zane, and you speak about everything that's happening in Jordan and stuff like that. I, I really want to know about your most awkward interview or the most interviews again that talk about certain things that were. Um, I'm not gonna say taboo, but I'm gonna say more like not as widely accepted by the community. Like. Can you tell me more about that? Because that I know you're gonna have a bunch of stories for us. That is, <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You know, doing keep, a radio keep show. It PG. Keep it PG. Yeah, but doing a radio show in an Arab country, obviously, there are certain topics that you know, if you want your career to continue, you should uh, stay away from them. Um, we haven't had a lot of bad experiences in that. Like usually we prep our guests really well. We're like, look, uh, we're gonna be talking about these uh, issues. Uh, don't, you know, swear, don't do this, don't do that. Uh, put your phone on silent while you're in the race. So we, we very much prep our guests as much as we can. And we also jump in. I mean, we steer the interview. If we see it going off course, we always try to bring it back in. Um, honestly, I feel it. I feel it for a lot of these, um, yeah, you know, announcers and even even TV when you, they have these live. Uh, and sometimes, even if it's not about swearing, sometimes it's about a topic that you, they you know they know nothing about, and then they start talking about their personal feelings towards it. And that's when, you know, I think interviews, you know, 
get into that uh, really mucky waters. And you can tell a lot of times in interviews, they go to commercial and they come back, the guest is not there. So, you know, probably somebody like, like a big bouncer came in and just <laughs> carried them and they said, you out, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and threw them out of there. So uh, um, I could say that I've never been in that situation, thank God. And I've done tons of it. Um, I don't yeah. think I've ever sworn on an, in a live session or a live interview, but but uh, I know a lot of my guests have, you know, said some irregular stuff. And and if you work in the tech startup space, you know, all these words, you know, a part of the DNA of building the ecosystem. <laughs> I think swearing is actually quite natural. And a lot of times it's the seasoning of the language. Uh, and it is part of the industry as a whole, as you say. Maybe it's not the part that, you know, it was showcased and displayed uh, for the world to see. But uh, no, it, it is there for sure. And for me, it took a while to disconnect my uh, the way I talk every day from the way I talk on air. And, you know, in the beginning, when I started doing the radio, people are like, you know, we always feel like you're trying, there's something that you want to say, but you're not saying it. I was like, yeah, you have one guess as to what... <laughs> word that starts with the letter f it is at any point in time 25 percent of my brain capacity is preoccupied with just not swearing on air you know um i agree with you because a lot of times uh, i think when i first started doing these interviews like my brain was going overtime working overtime just to make sure that i don't swear and i was like really trying to filter and uh, you know, I mean, like even when sometimes when people ask me to do interviews in Arabic, which is uh, something I'm not very comfortable in doing, especially in technology, certain uh, words that are not in Arabic. So you have to mention them in English and, and it's fine. But, you know, uh, especially a part of growing up um, and, and believe me, from a guy who owned a call center, hiring fresh grads who's essentially most of their lives talk to two audience. They talk to their parents or their friends, you know what I mean? And they've never had this professional working relationship with either colleagues or their clients, right? And that's why we used to, and still do to this day, offer a full one month paid training on communication skills, because this is something that is, in my opinion, very well needed. And this is something that I've been pushing everybody to do because um, there's a clear disconnect, especially, you know, people that graduate from university, I'm, I'm amazed that a lot of universities still don't offer basic communication skills or basic interview skills and basic stuff like that. Yeah. And that's something that is very important in my opinion. Yeah, I, I remember, for example, in university, for me at least, uh, shout out to U of T, uh, it was, uh, we, we did take a technical writing course. Now I was doing civil engineering and we did take a technical writing course. Uh, but again, I, I don't think it would have prepared me for, you know, things like interviews, talking to clients and things like that. Then again, it, it's not what gets you. I, I think in business to succeed, it's all about relationships and your relationships with, with people. Right. Uh, so an emphasis on that uh, definitely would have been uh, very much appreciated. Uh, the other thing you mentioned, uh, you know, Arabic and English, you know, us being bilingual. I always thought that I was pretty good at Arabic and pretty good at English until I had to speak only one or the other. Oh. You, you know, I, and I catch myself doing it because, for example, when I'm traveling in the U.S., it, 
I, I'd be talking to someone and I'd be like, bus one, two, three, four. They're like, what does a bus have to do with it? And it's these little things you start noticing that these little words from Arabic you rely on. And by the way, vice versa for English as well. I agree. I agree. No, like a lot of times, even a lot of my guests, even the non-Arab guests will say words like yalla, will say, <laughs> you know I mean? like, and I'm, because I think it's a, now more of a cultural uh, aspect of the language than more of as a language, right? So I want to ask something because I'm sure a lot of people will ask me this. So I know you juggle two, two jobs, essentially, between your playgrounds thing and you're a family man with two kids. You know, how has your life, like, you know, changed in the last couple of years, juggling all these three things. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, emergency proposals that you have to send for the kids. And then, then, you know, the radio might send you on an assignment, you know, to interview somebody or something. And then obviously the kids require uh, one thing or another. So how do you, like, how do you feel about that? Like, and, and like, and how do you actually juggle? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. There are times where, you know, it does get pretty crazy. Uh, but luckily, I mean, my son, Ahmed Habib Abu, is a year and a half now, so he pretty much his entire existence has been in a pandemic. Uh, so in a sense, that was lucky for me because things were not as busy as they'd normally be. We were on lockdown. I was, I was spending a lot more time from home, even the radio. I'm, we're broadcasting from home rather than going to the studio because, you know, we're just trying to do the responsible thing. Uh, so I feel in that sense, uh, it has helped juggling between all three because, you know, I could be doing a podcast or a meeting with a client over Zoom. And then two seconds later, I could be feeding him and making sure that he's not killing himself. Uh, so in that regard, it, it's been easier, but... Um, they're a black hole of time, kids. Yeah. Like they will take as much time as you are willing to give them and sometimes even not willing to give them. So I, I found that the only way I can, like if I need, if I'm working on a serious proposal, I need to get work done. The only way I can do it is to not be in his presence. I, I cannot for the life of me. Also, I, I can't multitask to save my life. I, I'm the kind of guy. <laughs> If they invented blinders for humans, this guy would be first in line. Uh, definitely my solution was, look, if I have a serious job proposal, I, I will step away, do it for a couple of hours. Me and my wife will take shifts when it comes to these things, uh, because really that's the only way. Okay, no, sounds, I think, I, you know, I, you know, and a partnership is something that, you know, you and the wife, you know, yeah. it, it becomes more of a team sport. I mean, if I, you know, between doing the radio show and taking care of the kid and, you know, business, if I had a big tender to prepare, like the radio show is pretty easy. You just have those three hours every morning. I do seven to 10. And in the evening, I work for one hour just to plan and prepare the show. So the radio show is pretty easy breezy. But, you know, sometimes for the playground business, we have this big tender that's 100 pages and needs to be submitted. Of course, consultants don't remember until the very last minute. So you have to end up pulling an all-nighter, working through the weekend, things like that to get things done. So if anything, sleep is the one that you that I compromise on at least. It sounds good. It sounds good. I think uh, I think that I think you only get more efficient as you get along, right? So uh, you know, people don't tell you that as you grow up, you get a lot more efficient and you get to know what is really worth doing and what's not. So that's something that I 
uh, I can tell people. So, um, all right. So I promised you, I'm going to ask you a curveball question. And this, the curveball question is something that I think you're going to enjoy. If you wanted to mimic a superhero, who would that be? Or if you wanted to have one superpower, what would that be? Okay. Well, between A and B, I'd rather do A because there are a lot of superheroes out there that have multiple powers. So you're kind of selling yourself short if you just take B. Um, with regards, I mean, obviously Superman's powers, well, I mean, it's Superman, like maximum everything. But Superman himself is a Boy Scout, in my opinion. I wouldn't want to be Superman. I, I'd want to have his powers, and I'd probably do a lot more with his powers if I had them. Um, yeah, he, he'd be a good one. As vanilla as that is, he'd be a good one. Um, I, I would say Deadpool, but I wouldn't want to have the same skin condition as Deadpool. I mean, that healing factor is amazing. But the skin condition, is it worth it? Is it worth it living forever looking like that? <laughs> I don't think so, but I, I have to be—I have to tell you—I'm kind of disappointed at your choice, knowing you, because uh, I usually don't comment on people's uh, choice, but I know you really well, uh, and I—I I, I think you'd be more of a like something else other than a Superman. Superman is the easy question, easy answer. In all fairness, collects all the superpowers. Again, I, I hate Superman. Superman's a Boy Scout and he's boring as a character as far as I'm concerned. But superpower wise, I mean, you've got a pretty good set on there. Like it'll be, I can't think of someone where like, okay, well that's cooler. I'd rather be doing that. I mean, who are we gonna choose? Even Spider-Man, as much as I love Spider-Man, web slinging and everything and all of this stuff, he can't fly. A lot, a lot of my guests actually um, actually, you're the first person to pick Superman, I think, out of all of my guests. But uh, people chose the superpower of flying. People uh, chose the superpower of like... Um, they chose B. They chose option B. It's on them. Yeah. And a lot of people did time travel, by the way. So that's something that they wanted to either... But some people picked time travel to the future and not, you know, not backwards, which was kind of interesting. Uh, a couple of my guests also chose villains, which was... <laughs> Also, super awesome, uh, in my opinion. And um, I think that just shows you how real, you know, things are in the world, especially I think after COVID, people really started thinking uh, out of the box is questions like this. And nobody, nobody like, you know, stared at their monitor for like a minute or two. Everybody had like, like an answer within 10, 15 seconds, which is, which shows you that People are thinking about this question and it's not as a curveball as much as I want it to be. So, so uh, but it's interesting you say that. And by the way, I don't think I'm ever going to reveal my superpower, but uh, well, Khaled, it was lovely talking to you. I think we had a, a very nice and uh, interesting conversation. Would you like to uh, say anything to the audience before we close the show? So my movie is going to be hitting theaters uh, next week. Please do watch my film. I have no clue what it is called, but uh, go watch it. Nice. It's now, something to do dog. with Superman, right? Maybe. We'll <laughs> never know. But Real Dog, thanks for having me on the show. It's been a fun chat. Also, I, I really like the background behind you. Yeah, it is real, by the way. I keep telling people it's real. And talking about real talk... Uh, we do have a hashtag for the show. It's called Real Talk No, no Nonsense. Please um, check it out. 
I think we're ending on a high right now. So thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Bye. Yeah.